It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So if you are trying to, you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. Do you have the capability to manually operate the pipeline? Senator, that's a great question. We actually did operate small portions of the pipeline manually in order to alleviate some of the fuel shortage. If you look at the aging workforce now, a lot of those people that did operate Colonial Pipeline and other infrastructure in America historically manually, they're retiring or they're gone. Whatever the president said in the past, it's nothing to do with this discussion at all. I think well, you've defend, you've defended, that a, you've defended uh, please him. don't cut me off. I didn't I have not cut you off in this interview. Please do not do that to me. Thank you. As a black man in America, I'm allowed to have my own thoughts on who I choose to support and who I choose not to support. Damn right. What a what a moment today on CNN. That was, I mean, if you want to look at, stare into somebody's soul or the soul of a network, that was it. That was so bleeping ugly and revealing of what CNN feels. And they feel the value of people are and the place of certain people are depending on race. And for what she was saying to um, Rep. Byron Donalds, who was it? Is that? Uh, Florida. No, no, no. Uh, oh. Who's the CNN oh, anchor? Brianna Keeler, maybe? Might as well be. Um, yeah, it was Brianna Keeler. For her to tell him, it, it, to it, it was like, um, it was like, who was the woman who was telling um, 50 Cent? Chelsea Handler telling 50 mm-hmm. Cent, no, you're black, you can't support Trump. She was telling him what his place is and what's appropriate for him to do and to think. And it was such a, not only was it a really guttural and disgusting exchange that she had, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it takes a production team to put all together all the pieces, et cetera, and write the copy, but it was really unintelligent. It was, it was dumb. It was simple-minded. 
So it was simple-minded bigotry is what what you had on display. So let's play, let's go here to this uh, a little bit of this. This is Brianna Taylor. She, uh, Brianna Taylor. No, this is not Brianna Taylor. That would be bigger news. This is Brianna Keeler. Um, it, it is Brianna Keeler, right? I think I'll look yeah. it up. Brianna Keeler. Uh, is it? I don't know. I thought you were looking it up. Okay. Well, I didn't know the show was going to be stopped. I thought you were going to do something while I looked it up. Oh. I'm sick, by the way. That's why my voice sounds like this. Oh. Sorry. Golly, that's two of you who are sick now. All right. So, uh, Keeler. It's Brianna Keeler. I'm pretty sure. CNN Brianna Keeler. There you go. CNN Brianna Keeler. Is. Yes, Brianna Keeler. So, Brianna Keeler. Here, this is her uh, with this rep- representative Byron Donalds. Now, he's been trying to get into the congressive, con- Congressional Black Caucus. They're telling him to pound sand. He's got a problem with that, not surprisingly. He should have a problem with that because he is black and he's in the Congress. You say that actually this will increase access for voters of color, for African-Americans. That, I mean, that's just not true. There have been analyses, multiple done, including by the Houston Chronicle, looking at the bill specifically in Texas, including by the Washington Post, looking at these bills writ large. They're not going to increase access for voters of color. They're going to decrease access. I'd like to see a better drill down than the Houston Chronicle said so, and this other thing said so. I would like to see some data on this exactly, but... But that's fine. I mean, you can massage this any way you want to. Um, furthermore, you have defended President Trump for... you. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. Because this guy and the Congressional Black Caucus is saying that he supports um, these the, these voter uh, laws that are supposedly Jimmy Eagle laws. It's all horse blue. Fine. But now they see and gets to where it wants to go. They throw him to the ground and make him atone. Listen... Rep will say, that's not what they were thinking. Listen, Rep, atone, explain this away, cleanse your soul. You have the chance to do it right here. Tell us, how. why do you get to support somebody who said this? You have to vote only on race. We're going to play racially insensitive stuff. And how dare you still support him? said he's done enough when it comes to rebuffing ideas about white supremacy but i do want to listen to some of his prominent comments on the subject of race to get your perspective blame on both sides and i have no doubt about it and you don't have any doubt about it either and would you like me to condemn proud boys boys, stand back and stand by when people proudly had their confederate flags they're not talking about racism they love their flag it represents the south what do you prefer Blacks for Trump or African-Americans for Trump? George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Look at my African-American over here. Look at him. Are you the greatest? Do you know what I'm talking about? Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now? So she goes to him, and we'll get back to that in a moment. But I want to go through that for a moment. Because mm-hmm. remember, remember, with the with these media, and they're not great at what they do, 
Except no premise. Except no premise. So let's go back to what she just played. Those clips that she just played on race, and uh, and make uh, analyze for ourselves whether or not how race racist they are. The things that he says. Mm-hmm. Blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it. And you don't have any doubt about it either. Blame on both sides for somebody dying at the um, Charlottesville protests. I think this was about. Um rioting in general actually because this is from the debate this is no that's not that that first one is from okay that's separate yes yes okay but but blame on both sides yes if you notice that the day somebody died in charlottesville there were fights in the streets there were both sides there were all sorts of sides involved there were idiot nazi wannabes and there were boneheads with their little uh, tan pants and there were um Antifa was there and Black Lives Matter and all sorts of different. There were bad people all over the place and law enforcement had gotten the hell out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes, no doubt that uh, that this guy who ran over the person, he absolutely killed somebody. So, yes, that is bad news. But there were it was a full on melee in the streets. There right. was violence happening from both sides. So, yes, both sides should be condemned for this. This is before the media ever thought to even acknowledge that there was an Antifa. You know, you just had to, if you were a Trump fan or if you were, uh, you know, a conservative in certain cities, you just had to take a brick in the head and, you know, you were told by the left that it was, uh, you know, an idea, not really terrorist. Yeah, Antifa just means people who are against fascism. What, you're not against fascism? It means anti-fascist, hello. The people who stormed the beaches on D-Day were Antifa too, Right. So, so, so... That's the first one. Would you like me to condemn the premises and right Stand back and stand by. So that's the debate. That's the Proud Boys there, where they're telling him, "Will you condemn? Will you condemn? Will you condemn?" And this is Chris Wallace who asked him to. Trump had, with Chris Wallace himself, already condemned uh, right-wing neo-Nazi kind of people, etc. The Proud Boys. I don't know if you can make the correlation that they even are a white supremacist group. It's a diverse group of white supremacists, if it is, I can tell you that. Right. They might be dirtbags, and they're a lot of, they seem to be very thuggish, and they get in a lot of fights, whatever. They're not who you're worried about w- trying to uh, overrun the world with white domination of, uh, of uh, these are not uh, uh, the, the people who, you know, break down genetics and uh, decide the worth of other people. And These are thugs. Okay, yeah, and they and put they're... him on the spot because Biden says "proud boys." Oh, really? Gavin McGinnis's old crew of a politically incorrect, uh, drunken uh, street toughs, really? And he tells them to stand by, stand, but he doesn't know what to say. He's garbling the words. Well, yeah, because they what were they telling him, to. "Say stand down, say yes. stand down," and he and he garbles the words. So this is until he says something racist. You don't get to have the premise that he's saying something racist. You don't get to. Just because you color it in, because you can read his heart, because you're CNN and some freaking progressive. People proudly had their Confederate flags. They're not talking about racism. They love their flag. It represents the South. That used to be the truth before Trump. Right. The people in the South had Confederate flags. Confederate flags used to fly around NASCAR all the time. Those weren't people saying, God, I wish we could, uh, you know, move confederate troops right back up to uh to maryland and maybe uh, through pennsylvania and you know even into southern new england if we can and reestablish the confederacy and uh, commit to slavery again those are people there was such a thing called southern pride it was something before it's not nazism 
Okay? Yeah, I'm, they used to have it on the TV show, too, with the Dukes of Hazard thing. Like, it Yes, the Dukes of Hazard. I think it was on Hee Haw. It was, this is not... It was, like, everywhere. It wasn't... And, like, yes, now it's, like, a hate symbol, but, like, it didn't used to mean that when Trump was still in touch with pop culture. Right. Right. So you've... The left decides that all these symbols are, are not complicated, but are absolutely symbols of hate and dark symbols of oppression. They decide that these are absolutely, and can be nothing but, the, the Confederate flag can be ex nothing but that, it, with no further explanation. So then, because they've built their own laws, you know, uh, principles like that, then they go out and they look for offenders. And they found Trump, who hasn't been told or gotten a memo that CNN's vision of what the Confederate flag is, is now the... the uh, Settled science we use. Well, right, and I'd have a lot more sympathy for for them saying that, like, we probably should phase out the Confederate flag from our culture if they didn't seem so darn ready to move on to the regular American flag as the next stage of cleansing well, hate well, symbols from the culture. Right, and it's also, there's a lot of, it matters where you are, too, in your own history, what part of the country you are from, and, and what's passed on from where, and this and that. And, you know, they... When I was with the Herald, with the radio crew, we went out to Belmont, Massachusetts, which is a very, if you don't know, it's a very rich town in Massachusetts. Mitt Romney's from Belmont. <laughs> and and um, and we went to, we were doing a remote broadcast at a beautiful country club there. It's a really nice one. Mm -hmm. And right down the street from the country club, there is this house with a huge Confederate flag. And, like, we were shocked that in Belmont, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. there's a Confederate flag. And that, because where it is, is an odd thing that would have you scratching your head and saying that somebody is definitely making some kind of statement here. Because well, this right. is union country. This is um, liberal Massachusetts. This is a liberal town. And this is uh, this is something that is... Not a, a social norm up here. Oh yeah, you're not making any friends doing that, right? Uh, you know, but you know, funnily, it would be the same thing as having a "Make America Great Again" hat. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that it's like their problem isn't with the Confederate flag per se. Their problem is with the type of people that fly the Confederate flag and what they vote for and what they think <clears throat> about public policy. And so if those people fly the Confederate flag, they don't like the Confederate flag and they want that band as the hate symbol. And then if those same people say like, okay, you know, we kind of see your point. They did rebel against our country and like, you know, it makes sense. Like they don't fly Nazi flags in Germany anymore. Like, we'll just, we'll go along with that. That's fine. Then now like the American flag is, or like the MAGA flag is the hate symbol, right? And then if uh, you say like, okay, you know what? Like, well, I just love America and Trump's not president anymore. I guess I'll move on from my MAGA flag. I don't want you to think that like, I think the election's stolen or something. So I'll just fly the American flag then, that's fine. And then they turn around and the American flag makes them really uncomfortable and is a statement of white supremacy. So like, they don't actually have a problem with, you know, the American flag itself, they don't really think it's a hate symbol. They just don't like the type of people who would have an American flag. Right. 
Right. So, no, absolutely. So no matter what, I mean, like we could, we could have a flag that said like love, peace, and joy to all people on the earth, and if that became the preferred flag of conservatives in this country, that would be considered a hate symbol. That's exactly right. And we just, I mean, it's exactly what we talked about when we talked about um, Mara Gay of the New York Times the other day. Mm-hmm. Is that she also, she sees these flags and she's made very uncomfortable about it. She knows that there's something going on there. Um, but it, let me get back to what Trump's saying before I get for him to wand up. What do you prefer? Blacks for Trump or African-Americans for Trump? What's wrong with that? What's yeah. wrong with that? He's talking to black people in the audience asking what they prefer to be called. Yeah, I would think that was kind of respectful, actually. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) He's talking to black people like people. He's not pandering to them. He's not telling them his political opponent's going to put you back in chains. I really mean it. (laughs) He's not saying that you people can't use computers. He's saying, what do you want to be called? My God, imagine that. Somebody who talks to people like they're people, regardless of skin color. And ask them what they think. He's not there to tell them something. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Look at So why do they even keep that in there? Yeah, I don't because get it. if anything, that's him being prescient. And yes, he has lost his status. Right. Washington, Lincoln, Frederick Douglass. All right. of them have lost their, st- their status in this new racial reckoning that CNN is using to beat over the head of an actual black man. My African American over here. Look at him. Are you the greatest? Do you know what I'm talking about? Wouldn't you love to? By the way, he's building up a black guy. It is awkward phrasing. No <laughs> doubt. Trump is extremely awkward phrasing. Exactly. But there was nothing malicious or hateful about what he just said whatsoever. He was celebrating a black guy in the audience. He thinks that's great. Sometimes Trump is in, in an infantile way extremely simple but it's a good way to show his emotions he likes tanks and fighter jets he thinks they're cool and awesome he doesn't believe that uh that the eclipse does anything so he'll look at it and he thinks it's great that the african-american he sees in the audience is there and he's celebrating him you can say it's unsophisticated i think we could probably agree on that maybe an artful that's fine but he's not saying look at the african-american he's saying look at the african-american my one of these NFL owners when somebody disrespects our flag to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now. He said somebody disrespects the flag. Right. He doesn't like people who disrespect the flag. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. And now it, it, you've had entire teams that are mixed races. I mean, all sorts of races doing it. I mean, but of course, you know, it's a dog whistle. That's his just well, way. Well, and I think that a left-wing person would say that he's talking about people disrespecting the flag for the cause of police violence against black people. Like, well, the particular case of people protesting the flag that he... That protesting well, he's talking the about the NFL anthem. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the protests that he's talking about were protests about police violence. It was Colin okay. Kaepernick kneeling for the flag. So it's like he doesn't care about the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, right. And he shouldn't. Well, right. I agree. But I'm just saying like that. Right. Colin Kaepernick is the only person who displayed hate and disdain mm-hmm. with his pig socks and his celebration of cop killers. He's the hater. Right. Okay. If we're going to talk about racist anywhere, then Colin's... Uh, 
the needle is more hot on Colin than it is on Donald. So anyway, I just wanted to because the you can never stop pounding in that you can accept no premise with these people ever, ever. And actually, if you ever want to win an argument with a with a progressive, listen to the first few words they say as they set up the debate, and that's where you go. That's that's the uh, where the magazine is. Where if you torpedo them there, the whole <laughs> ship explodes. So back to back to this debate, not debate. This CNN. Um, Interview. Interview with Brianna Keeler and Byron Donalds. Do you? Th- He's now reacting to the Trump. I so. think that your defense of a person that said things like that might be incongruent with the mission of the CBC. Uh, first of all, whatever the president said in the past has nothing to do with this discussion at all. I think. Well, you've, defend, you've defended. A, you've defended. Uh, please him. don't cut me off. I don't, you've defended him. No, 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 no. I'm no. I'm going to browbeat you now. You defended him. You defended him. You defended him. It's just, in my, <clears throat> I think, according to the woke rules, that Blondie McBlonderson is not allowed to yell at the black man who's being accused right now. Yeah, in but front you of see, uh, whiteness in the social justice sense doesn't necessarily only accrue to white people. They are more it's- susceptible to whiteness than black people. But I would say it appears that. Byron Donalds, if he's defending Trump, may be suffering from a case of whiteness, in which case she's allowed to talk over him. So she's not censoring him? I, didn't, I have not cut you off in this interview. Please do not do that to me. Thank you. As a black man in America, I'm allowed to have my own thoughts on who I choose to support and who I choose not to support. Ooh, no, you're not. No, no. Brianna tells you who you can support. That's who can tell you that. Brianna and her producers can tell you that. I think that it's important whether you're talking about the Congressional Black Caucus or the Florida State Legislative Black Caucus or the National Caucus of State Black Legislators, organizations I have been a part of in the past. My support of President Trump has been consistent, but at the same time, I've had the ability to advocate for uh, issues, ideas, proposals, and funding that have helped the black community in my state. You're talking to somebody who my first three years in college was at Florida A&M. And HBCU. You still don't know as much about the black experience as Brianna Keeler does. <laughs> she knows. She took uh, college classes on it, so she knows. Your actual lived experience, that goes on the by the wayside. That has nothing to do with anything. So whether my support my support for President Trump, uh, whether it's for or against, is irrelevant. That has nothing to do with this discussion. This is whether the uh, ideology of somebody who is conservative is welcome in the Congressional Black Caucus. It's really that simple. And so to bring up President Trump and try to make this about him does not matter. It's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the situation at hand. Well, the I ask you is because the CBC would let me join. The Mia Love, for instance, there have been Republicans. Yep, Mia Love, for instance, say- is somebody who Trump was mean to. So there you go. There was another one like you. She's saying, and he, Trump was mean to him, mean to her. Just so you know, and actually, I do think Trump was mean to her. But so, so, so you're still not. So you're still, uh, you're still running afoul. Of my rules, says Brianna. It's these people are so gross, so gross. Yeah, we'll still allow Mia Love to count herself as black because at least Trump was mean to her. <laughs> yeah, but it, since you're friends with Trump, we've revoked your black card. I, Brianna Keeler, Trump have decided said, that right, exactly. you're not allowed to be black anymore. Exactly, and Trump has not said anything as dark and guttural and really hateful as that segment was. Yeah. And what she was doing, what she was doing and saying, and and it's where she was categorizing him and defining him, 
Whew, man, if you're a progressive, good luck, good luck, because you may be banning the Confederate flag and all the other flags you consider, consider hateful, but you have captured the spirit of all of those flags. Two colonial CEO, what is this guy's name? Alice, there's another one for you to Google here. <laughs> I'll, look I'll right stop now. talking until you get the answer. <laughs> okay. The colonial CEO, I, I, I got to say, Alice, I kind of like this guy. Joseph Blunt. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I wrote that down. What a jerk I am. The colonial CEO was uh, in front of Josh Hawley today. Yesterday. In, yesterday, I'm sorry, in Congress. Uh, and Hawley's asking a very good question about, you know, it could, does anybody manually know how to make the gas go if something right. happens again? Does anybody, like, it's a good question. Does anybody manually know how to stop the trains anymore? Right. Or, or, or could or, we be hacked and it just all bets are off? Right. And so here's the question and answer. I mean, the pipeline is, is 70 years old, right, roughly. There was a time, I assume, well, you correct me if, if I'm wrong, but there's a time, I assume, where you operated the, the pipeline without today's computer systems. What I'm driving towards here is, do you have the capability to manually operate the pipeline in the event of, in the future, in the event of an IT attack like this one? And, and if you don't have that capability, should you, do you think, going forward? Senator, that's a great question. We actually did operate small portions of the pipeline manually in order to alleviate some of the fuel shortage. And the discussion took place uh, with the operations team about the ability to do that system-wide. And the response to that was it would be quicker to get back up on our feet by, by uh, correcting the corruption of the critical IT systems that we needed in order to get the pipeline system up than to operate it manually. But I think on a go-forward basis, there's no question that we will look at that capability. And it's a really interesting question because if you look at the aging workforce now, a lot of those people that did operate Colonial Pipeline and other infrastructure in America historically manually, they're retiring or they're gone. Fortunately, we still have that last bit of that generation, which allowed us to do what we did during this particular event. It's a great question. That bodes well for the future, doesn't it? Well, we still have a few people left from the generation that know how to do it manually. But Alice, if you look at look at businesses now, who knows how mm-hmm. to do? I just got out of newspapers. Who? We can't do any of that manually. I mean, you could feasibly do some of the reporting manually. I don't think any of the reporters type. Um, but you know, if the if the printer goes, which is run by software, if that seizes then the paper doesn't go. Of course, right. you can do it online, but if the power grid goes, then that's gone too. If the, if the, if the platforms, WordPress, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is hacked into, then that's it. We have no way without technology. You don't have block printer? <laughs> no, we have no way without technology to go print the stuff, throw it into vans, and drop it off anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, everything's been partitioned out somewhere. Right. And some of these places, you know, some of these, there are some uh, media agencies where some of the stuff is done, the uh, the copy editing stuff is done in India, right? So you might be in, you, you know, uh, Chinook, Chinooks is Chinook a place? I Cheyenne? Know. How about that? Okay, that's a place, right? Yes. You might be in Cheyenne, Wyoming, Alice. Yes. Wyoming, and we uh, did the state capitals this year in homeschool. That's a great state capital, and I've never, I, I've never seen any news come out of Cheyenne. Ever, um, so, but but yeah, I mean, what do you do with with anything? Like, you know, we better hope. What about when all of our cars are self driving and all the trucks are self driving? Mm-hmm. The electric trucks, 
and something happens. Yeah, what happens when we're all on the Teslas and they're all being managed by the Tesla automatic driver? It's already a thing with the Teslas that if you like don't make your payments, they can drive themselves away. That is so <laughs> awesome in so many ways. That is great. Thankfully, so, our, our first like, minivan to- is staying right where it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what happens, you know, when somebody hacks that? Right. I mean, I, I never think that driving self-driving cars are going to be a thing or should be a thing. But j- just look what's happened. Like this guy, the pipeline guy, bang, the eastern seaboard now is low on gas and and there's a run on it. Mm-hmm. With this, with the the meat people, the steak is through the roof. I was just at the cheap place today. Yeah. By the way, bad news from there. Did you, what? <laughs> Go ahead. Did you realize that the uh, produce manager that was sent to jail, Alice? Was he convicted by a jury of his pairs? Yes, he was, as a matter of fact. Huh? Uh, Feels good to uh, say it, huh? Uh, to handle the gold a little mm-hmm. bit. So, um, no, I, I just think it's 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 interesting that this is happening. And like another breaking news story today that I think Axios broke about criminals have stolen. Did I say four hundred billion dollars? Um, of unemployment. Yes. Uh, yes, I believe that's Which correct. Is, about co- about half the unemployment benefits that have been given out were stolen by organized criminal enterprises. The this money's just gone, which is the biggest crime spree in the history of the United States, certainly, if not the world. Unbelievable. And the money just got Bitcoined away or Venmo away. It's just gone. Right. I mean, yeah. So if you've been following this podcast for a while, you remember that this happened to us in the spring. Somebody filed Not just under- us. You don't get to be in on this victimhood. Well, as the person who had to spend all the hours on hold with unemployment trying to resolve it, I think I get to be I on lay the battered, hunt. Alice, by the uh-huh. assault. So uh, somebody filed under Tom's social security number. And if you're listening, I'm willing to just split the money. <laughs> so, um, no. So at first we were concerned it was like somebody we knew had stolen our information, but it wasn't. It's these organized criminal groups did this to thousands and thousands of social security numbers. They just did it en masse. So they took half the money that we've spent on unemployment during the pandemic was just given out to criminals because there was like no verification because the pandemic unemployment applied to people like Uber drivers and other, um, you know, like self-employment stuff where there's no way to verify like what people were making beforehand. So they just filed under pandemic unemployment for like all these social security numbers, whatever ones that they could find. And, you know, fortunately for us, we were able to get it resolved before we ever had to like file under our own name under Tom's own name for unemployment. But, um, but you know, like for other people, if you actually got laid off and somebody had recently filed under your social security number for unemployment, you could be screwed over for months and months and months while they worked it out because they put a hold on your account. We ended up, in order to get them to take the hold off our account and everything, we had to um, like reach out to our state rep and get them to intervene and call unemployment and stuff. It was really like... It, it could really hurt real people and affect their lives that this happened, too. I, I mean, beyond the fact that our government gave billions and billions of dollars to criminal enterprises. But but you would have had to – I mean, just the, the fact of you – you had the honor of tracking the money down. Remember, you couldn't get through to anybody 
ever, oh, it was terrible. Ever, ever, ever. You would call and call and call and be on hold and on hold and on hold. And like maybe from time to time you would finally get somebody and then they couldn't deal with the problem and they needed to transfer you to TR2. But when they transferred you to TR2, the call would just drop. Yes. And then they would, Don't you get would ask them, to tier two. you would ask them, like, is there anything else you can do? Because every time you try and transfer me to tier two, I just get dropped. And they go, yeah, that happens most of the times. And actually, one time they told us that in the whole room of like 50 people in the call center that they were in, um, you know, and that, that was only one room out of many rooms like that. When it, when that when a person would actually get somebody over to tier two, the whole room would cheer because it was so <laughs> unusual. So. <laughs> if we can, if we can just get one person a day to tier two, it's all worth it. <sighs> so that gives you a little idea of the scale, and that's just our state. But yeah, what a nightmare. <laughs> All right, so Fauci, did we play this audio yesterday of him being salty and yelling at us? Or did we not? No, Was we that didn't. after the show? All right, here's Fauci. He is salty at you. You better shut the hell up because you're not only, when you dare suggest that he has been flip flopping on masks, which he certainly has not, if you dare suggest uh, that he has been anything less than completely consistent the uh, whole time, which he certainly has not. Uh, then you are going people to... People should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection. Yeah, he never said that, so that doesn't matter. So if you suggest that he's flip-flopped on things and been inconsistent and been uh, insincere... If- to simply manipulate you and coerce you into certain behaviors, that is not acceptable. If you're suggesting he's doing that, then you're attacking an entire history, an art, and and an institution that is crucial, crucial to the survival of every last person on this planet. You better get that damn message. All of the things that I have spoken about consistently from the very beginning have been fundamentally based on science. Sometimes those things were inconvenient truths for people, and there was pushback against me. So if you are trying to, you know, get at me as a public health official and a scientist, you're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. And anybody that looks at what's going on clearly sees that. You have to be asleep not to see that. That is what's going on. Science and the truth are being attacked. What a salty little fellow. <laughs> Not too deep. The truth <laughs> itself is under assault. Can you imagine when you're attacking Anthony Fauci? How, this guy, this is the real guy. He's a grump. He's a jerk. He's an impatient jerk. He does not take... There are people... You know, this is why people... <clears throat> People said Obama was cool as a cucumber. Well, yeah, you can be really cool when everybody's being sweet and kissing up to you. It's mm-hmm. good for your demeanor. Trump is a jerk and is very aggressive and fighting. Yeah, because everybody's trying to delegitimize him and tear him apart every second. So it's going to elicit a response. Yeah. Well, now Fauci was treated like he should be treated. And then you can see the real guy has come out here. Right. Exactly. When it was people getting tattoos of him and singing songs about him. He was a sweet little old man, and everybody loved him. 
But yeah, now you it's under pressure that you see the real person, Tom. It's so true. <laughs> What's wrong with you today? I'm sick. I know, I know. But <laughs> I kind of do like that personality though. <laughs> I like it. Which it's artificially <laughs> sweet, just so just so I'll take the ball back, so you don't have to, so you can breathe instead of have to talk. Exactly. <clears throat> All right. So, um, so yes, you are attacking science if you attack and Anthony, truth and truth if you attack Anthony Fauci. And uh, you know that is not good news. And if you're attacking science, that makes you a science deni- science denier. If you're a science denier, then you're a Holocaust denier. If you're a Holocaust denier, you're a Nazi. And you get to be all those things if you dare go against uh, what uh, Anthony Fauci, Rachel Maddow, Jen Psaki, and the, the rest say. So, uh, it, some more science was happening over in England today where Joe Biden arrived and was speaking to the RAF. Uh, thankfully, he didn't roast them like he did the Coast Guard while he was in Connecticut a couple of weeks ago. But it was still interesting. And you... I guess you probably haven't heard this before, but there was a saying in World War II that if you repeat a lie uh, again and again, people will believe it. Did you know that? Really? No, yeah, yeah I made that up. Hmm. So, so anyway, this is if you're somebody in the RAF, I think generally that's considered the Royal Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine you're you're tasked with uh, defending uh, Britain and other parts of Europe? Can you imagine having this guy come over from the United States and say these words to you with a straight face? We must all commit to an ambitious climate action if we're going to prevent the worst impacts of climate change limiting global warming to no more than 1.5 degrees Celsius and lead the global, the global transition to clean energy technology. By the way, we don't have any proof, of course, that our behavioral changes in the global behavior will affect temperature one at all, two it, within that range that he's talking about. Well, right. And you can even believe all the science about what our actions are doing to cause climate change and still not believe that anything we do can stop it. You know, because it's right. like spilling milk. Like, I can tip the bottle of milk this way and the milk will spill out and be on the floor but it doesn't necessarily follow that if I tip the bottle back to upright that the milk will leap up off the floor and jump back into the bottle. Right, exactly. And to continue with the metaphor as well, we don't know for sure if the floor is wet and to what extent because we spilled milk. Right. In our house it could be many disturbing things. (laughs) You know, when I went over in the tank in the Pentagon. You know, when I went over in the tank in the Pentagon when I first was elected vice president with President Obama, the military sat us down to let us know what the greatest threats facing America were, the greatest physical threats. This is not a joke. You know what the Joint Chiefs told us the greatest threat facing America was? China? Global warming. Didn't they, hadn't they gotten together with Homeland Security? It's white supremacy. It's white supremacy. It's not global warming, Alice. Because there'll be significant population movements, fights over land, millions of people leaving places because they're literally sinking below the sea in Indonesia. Can you imagine, by the way, the hyperbole you have to allow yourself to be immersed in if you're going to be one of these people? The fantastical thoughts, Mm -hmm. the Dianetic level thoughts of all of these uh, crashing sea level events and tectonic 
cataclysmic disasters left and right that will simply that will happen, etc. That at the same time, people who run in his circles are still buying mansions on the coast. Right. So either we're um, of two minds on this, or we're selling some horse bleep. Well, right, and I mean. As you pointed out, uh, we're constantly in a shifting pattern between whether race or uh, climate change is the bigger uh, the bigger threat in our times, in these dangerous times. Um, but it seems to me there are much more pressing issues, especially in 2020 and 2021, that even if somehow it could have been argued in 2008 that climate change was the biggest threat to the United mm-hmm. States. Uh, wouldn't you think that in 2021, you know, some other things should be on your radar as possible destabilizing events, like, say, global pandemics or Chinese biotechnology research? Well, Alice, I mean, how hard would it be if you're a leftist to tie the pandemics in with climate change? I don't think there would be... I don't think it's difficult at all. I think that if you're in the left then you just make the correlation with climate change immediately. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the, the pangolin uh, <laughs> infection. They've all had to move. If we weren't they're... encroaching on the pangolin territory exactly. due to climate change, then this never would have happened. we're having to move to higher climbs because everything else is flooding. So what if it did come from the lab, though? You mean, how do you draw the correlation? Yeah. Uh, if it came from the lab, well, what is, if it the was the making, Chinese military doing bioweapons research? Okay, so they're making a weapon. Yeah. Well, um, I, I mean, I think, that's like the worst case scenario for the climate change connection, I think. Right. Well, that it could be the, the, the Chinese being clear minded enough to see that there needs to be some depopulation. Certainly, you can look at their one-child-only policy and see that they've been had sensitivities toward this for quite a long time. Joe, Joe Biden has been um, he's been complimentary of the Chinese one-child policy, mm-hmm. which is now up to the three-child policy. You know, I've heard that. I've heard that the Chinese are showing they, they're having to build their own island chain, Alice, in order to uh, move populations and migrate to better climates since we've destroyed this. So uh, I think that I think you could say the Chinese are taking a proactive approach to uh, to climate. Hmm. It's weird because they produce a lot of carbon. Well, yeah, but they have offsets as well. All imagine all the carbon they're not producing, and subtract that from how much they are producing, and that brings them to net zero. Oh, okay, wow. So, and you, you and I can't claim that. <laughs> So there you I go. I guess so. This is You're what, right. yeah. This is what, yeah. This is why the the Kerry and Bill Gates can can have huge places and fly on private private planes because they're also using some green fuels where it could be real fuel, but it's not. Some of it's green fuel. They're going to buy a tree in the Amazon rainforest and it all even. Well, that's out. essentially what it is. I mean, it'll be. You'd think that maybe using no fuel would be even better, but no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Them using ten million gallons of fuel. But then not using another 10 millions of gallons of fuel offsets. So it's that's perfect math. All right. What else do we have, Alice, before we get the softball or no, baseball, baseball, actually? Well, baseball, yeah. we, I have Baseball American. Mm-hmm. Yes, today. With uh, Jamesy. So uh, let's see. I see more Fauci stuff here. A Biden OMB director. Uh, ooh. Ooh, I like this one, Alice. 
Ooh, this is Biden OMB director Shalanda Young. Um, and here we go. Congressman, I'll point you back to the president's uh, tasking of the intelligence community. That's the appropriate place uh, to task to, to look at the source of uh, of, of uh, COVID in any relation to the Wuhan lab. So let me ask you this. Can you commit that American dollars will never be used to fund such research going forward from this budget? Congressman, I started my career at NIH. I would never, you know, make that commitment as someone uh, who believes we need to be lead by, led by science. Um, and we certainly need to wait to this review before we uh, jump to conclusions. At least she's honest. In other words, uh, congratulations, Wuhan Virology uh, Kill Lab. You're getting another check in the mail from the from the United States because the science for somehow. Oh, good. I thought we weren't funding it, by the way. I thought Fauci assured us that we were definitely not funding it. No, we are, we are not funding it. Absolutely. Um, I, it depends. Fauci can evolve in his thinking. And if you've got a problem with that, Alice, then you're attacking the science. <sighs> Biden is stumbling and bumbling all over the UK. You just heard him talk about his uh, his momentously idiotic thing about the climate change being a threat. Listen to how the media, Biden's fluffers essentially, uh, uh, respond to this. This is Nicole Wallace, a one-time Republican who now hosts a show of journalism, a journalistic show on MSNBC. Hey there, everyone. It's just after 4 o'clock in the East. President Biden there marking the start of his first foreign trip with a heartfelt and at times soaring speech to Air Force personnel. <laughs> At times soaring. At times soaring. What part of it? Let's listen to some, back again to some of the uh, soaring speech. We must all commit to an ambitious climate action if we're going to prevent the worst impacts of climate change, limiting global warning, warming to no more. That's soaring right there. I got to say. <laughs> I felt it. The impacts of climate change and warning. Personnel stationed in the UK. It is the very first event in a week of meetings with Western leaders and NATO allies. All of that before a high-profile summit with Russian President Vladimir Putin. This trip was always going to be one of the big milestones of the new Biden presidency. The <laughs> it was always going to be an incredible milestone. It always was. We already wrote the script. We've had it here for two months. First trip abroad by the president who comes after the president who saw zero value in our friends and allies and delighted in pandering to the world's most heinous dictators. <laughs> president Biden's first foreign trip comes at a moment of strength for him and his White House. President Biden rolling out the world's most competent and effective. Saw so, so zero value. Really? Uh, how much value did he see in the uh, the uh, Gulf oil states who were involved in, um, in the Abraham Accords? How about uh, the ally that is Israel? Did he see any value with that? How is that relations there? Does this administration see value? Uh, is are they pandering to um, to um, uh, to Iran, Tehran? I would say they are indeed. Zero value. My God, these people are just absolutely clanked. And well-funded vaccination program and turning the U.S. from the world's pandemic hotspot to a vaccine success story. Biden gets the vaccination. <laughs> Operation Warp Speed. President Biden can also tout rapid economic growth ahead at home. But it also Wait, ahead? <laughs> it's ahead. Wait, how come it keeps being ahead? How come for the fourth month in a row, inflation is ahead right yeah, now? We uh, not only we had. So it's funny because first. The he can tout it ahead. <laughs> Why didn't he tout future successes? Why didn't he tout that? The um, the economist. You're a psycho, uh, Nicole Wallace. I'm sorry. The psycho. Sorry. The Economist predicted 
so like last month for the April numbers, the jobs numbers, they had like predicted that it would be a million jobs and it turned out it was 250,000. So like this month they were more cautious and they predicted whatever they predicted, like 670,000 or something. And it still missed. Like it still was way down. And then the same thing happened with inflation. (laughs) The inflation numbers were out today and the previous month it was like way off. They had predicted like not that high inflation and it like blew it out of the water and inflation was really high. And so then this month they were like, inflation may continue to be very high. Look out. It could be as high as 4.7%. It could be really huge. And then it was higher than that. It was like 5.1%. They still like kind of not yes. hit their own. Like they were like, we're going to be very cautious and predict because they really wanted it to come in below the estimates that they were giving so that they could be like, wow, he really did so much better than the inflation estimates. He should tell these successes ahead. Well, so it's good to know next month there will be successes. That's good. I'm going to love that, Alice. When I apply for my next job and they uh-huh. say, what are my biggest accomplishments? I'm going to say, well, I won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2040. <laughs> I think probably that's the biggest thing I've done so far ahead so far. Incredible. It also comes at a perilous moment for our own democracy, something he spoke of at length here, one in which the American president's challenges abroad and confronting a belligerent Russia and aggressive China are exacerbated by the anti-democratic moves of the Republican Party at home. Oh, my goodness, Nicole Wallace. Good luck to you. Bon chance, my little friend. This has been fun. It's the Burn Barrel Podcast. We're on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. You can check out our uh, Patreon or our locals if you want to support us. That's patreon.com slash burn barrel or burnbarrel.locals.com. We're also for free on facebook.com slash burn barrel or you can send us an email burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com or check out our YouTube channel. That is uh, Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel on YouTube. C'est la vie. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.